The Lord is, uh, I believe we're going to see the Lord do some wonders here today. We're just going to press in and let, let him do that. Thank you, worship team. I, I want to just speak briefly from the word, and then uh, we'll just see what God wants to do here. Can I ask you, take the next whatever we've got here, half hour slash never ending, um, <laughs> to press in. Um, but when the flesh is saying, I think we're done here. That is exactly when you tell it to shut up, okay? Yes, yes. yes. amen. Yes. Yes. We want God's results. Yes. Man's ways will not get it there. Yes. Can you turn to Mark chapter 9? I want to speak briefly. We do believe in the Holy Spirit here, if you didn't hear Catch that. If this is your first time, we welcome you and we love you. We believe in the whole counsel of God, the Word of God from cover to cover. And we believe in the, in the fact that the Holy Spirit is with us now to breathe life on the church, to empower us, to not just preach what his, who He is and what He's done, but demonstrate it. Amen? Mark 9, I want us to read... Um, we're going to start probably in verse 14, but I'll give you the quick version of what's happening in the context here. Jesus took his three bros um, up a mountain. You, you, you know the three bros, right? Um, and it wasn't the uh, three stooges, but uh, James, John, and Peter go with Jesus. He, he took them up the mountain, and it says that he was transfigured before them. His clothes became shining, exceedingly white like snow. It says in verse 3, if you're reading, such as no launderer on earth can whiten them. And then there was Elijah who appeared to him, and Moses appeared to him, and they were having, a, a, I think, a competition of whose miracles were greater. Um, uh, it's a joke, um, but uh, it's not a very funny one. Uh, then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Rabbi... It is good for us to be here, and let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, because he did not know what to say. How many know we are entering into the territory of the Lord, where God's going to do things that are so great, we won't know what to do about it? And so here's my encouragement to you. Don't try and like figure it out, or like, will this work? Will that work? Let's build a tent now. Just let the Holy Spirit lead you, and sometimes that looks like waiting, so that's why we wait on the Lord, because He's perfect and we're not yet. Um, he did not know what to say, and a cloud came and overshadowed them, and a voice came uh, through the cloud, and this is the voice of the Father saying, this is my beloved Son, hear Him. So here we have Jesus showing, we're, we're, like the veil's being pulled back on who Jesus really is. God, Jesus didn't change. He didn't become a different person. Just the true nature of Jesus was finally like exposed for a moment. This is the God who left glory, praise in John chapter 17. Lord, a Father, I'm ready to go back to the glory which I once had with you. And so here on the Mount of Transfiguration, there's just this moment where his true glory is exposed and the veil's pulled back and Peter, James, and John, his closest disciples, which it's okay if you want to be the closest disciple of Jesus, I, I think I, I hunger for that, but they're, they're with Jesus and they're blown away because they see this thing that Jesus, as they're on the way down, he's like, hey, I don't want you even to tell anybody about this until I've risen from the dead. This one's special secret. And I tell you what, sometimes God will do something really, really, really special in our life. And then he'll like even guide us and lead us of how to function to flow in that. 
Like not everything that the, that the Lord births in your heart must be prophesied. But then there's a time where it has to be prophesied. And man, we don't want to hinder prophecy. But man, there's that like place where the Lord's leading us, where he's going to be speaking a lot more. But I believe he's going to be giving us a lot more of the how-to uh, function and how to flow. But so all this happens. They're coming down the mountain. And it says this in verse 14. And when he came to the disciples, I, I believe. I don't know if we can build a whole doctrine off this. But I believe this means the nine that there, the nine who hadn't gone up to the mountain. When he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them, and regardless, nine or twelve, the disciples. He saw a multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Notice who's disputing with the followers of Jesus. The religious. Anytime you find something where you're hearing it, hey, man's way is better than God's way, that's a mouth we want to shut. Amen? Okay. Praise God. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. How many know when Jesus arrives on the scene, people get excited? Man, in worship here this morning, it was just like, whoa, that is exciting. I, I, just, we live for that. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? And then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Now, again, I don't know for certain, but I just wonder, was this just the nine? And perhaps a picture of a lack of closeness to Jesus results in a lack of potency as his follower. The, uh, all I'll say is the people I know that are, the closer they get to Jesus, the more you see Jesus functioning in their life, right? Amen. Praise God. Please hold your applause. Okay. <laughs> Wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes the teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And he answered and said, O faithless generation, how, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. I don't believe that's God saying, gosh, I'm so tired of you guys. I think he's like saying like, oh, how long till you get it? How long till you get it? How long do you, how many miracles do I need to perform? How many things do I need to do till you get that there is literally no limit in my name? And the one who was just on the mountain, the glory of God shining, the veil was torn back. He comes down, and again, he enters into the simple affairs of man. I mean, what humility of God. Here he is, glory shining. Moses and Elijah are the guys who show up to, like, hang with him. And he comes down the mountain with his own feet. I mean, can you think of that? In Revelation, it talks about his feet. They shone like brass. There's something about the humility of the feet of Jesus that comes bearing glad tidings, as it says in Romans 10. There's just this, this beauty of the fact that his own feet walked on the same dirt that we walk on. And it entered into a situation that was a mess. Anybody ever had a mess? Just look at one another and said, I've had a mess before. Don't tell them that they look like a mess today. It's okay if your hair turns into a mess during worship, amen? Let us be undignified for him. 
But Jesus, I believe, was in this, this heart state of like, oh, faithless, how long till you get a hold of who I am? They brought the, the, the child to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming in the mouth, and he asked his father, I love Jesus, is like so not freaked out. I mean, do you, you regularly have people foaming, um, wallowing on the ground before you? And, uh, and he said, how long has this been happening? From childhood. I wonder, maybe the, the reason the disciples had a hard time with this one is they might have had a doctrine that said, well, if you're, if you're a sinner, you can have a demon, but a child, they couldn't have one, right? I don't know. From childhood, he has often been thrown, thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him, but if you can do anything, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Do you think this father was desperate? Do you think he needed Jesus? Do you think the religious church had anything that they could do for him? The religious, I'm, I'm not saying the church, but the religious. The powerless church couldn't do what was needed. And I tell you what, in this man's situation, he needed an answer only God could provide. Do you think he was desperate? Oh, that we would get desperate. If you can do anything, Jesus, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible. I want you to just say that. All things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe and help me where I have unbelief. And Jesus, not looking for a perfect father who had perfect faith, who had it all figured out and had memorized the 9,000 scriptures that he needed to unlock the miracle. Let, let me just be really clear. This father did not have perfect faith. This father did not have, like, spent the, next, the last seven days fast and... I, don't get me wrong. We need to know the word. We need to know the Lord in deepness, in prayer, and in fasting. There is something that happens out of prayer and fasting. In fact, Jesus ends this whole passage by letting the disciples know, hey, there's a little secret here. More authority comes when you decrease, when there's a humility and a removal of unbelief. So don't get me wrong. But this father had not done all these things. He didn't know that the hundred scriptures to unlock the, the salvation and freedom of his child. He didn't, I, I doubt that he'd been fasting the last 40 days. He had imperfect faith, but he came to the right person. And there's a world that is out there that is looking for Jesus. So many of the world do not even know that they're looking for Jesus, but I want to tell you today, there's a world hungering, yearning, thirsting for Jesus. It's looking for Jesus, the person of Jesus, the power of Jesus. There's a lot of fathers, there's a lot of mothers out there, there's a lot of children out there, there's a lot of grandfathers and grandmothers and aunts and uncles out there that are in need of a miracle, and they're coming saying, I brought you my son. 
I, this hit me a few weeks ago just in a way I've never seen it before. I, I, I often focus on like the unbelief and why and, and the, you know, how do you unlock more of, and this and that. But this father in verse 17, being overcome by the situation, like I, I brought, I didn't bring him to the Pharisees. I didn't bring him to get accused and questioned. I didn't bring him for some disciples to play some tricks. I, I brought him to you, Jesus. And it just hit me like, like a ton of bricks. Oh, Lord, let us no longer be a church that when the world is coming, knocking on the door, looking for an answer from you, that we hinder it, that we get in the way, that we become part of the multitude that's murmuring, and has a lot to say, but very little power. I mean, I'm telling you, there's been a form of godliness that denies its power. The Great Commission, I don't have time to go through all this, but if you read Matthew 28, 18, it says, And Jesus came, spoke to them, All authority has been given to me in the heavens and in the earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And then you see that commission followed by an endowment of power from on high in Acts chapter 2, right? And we see throughout many different places in Scripture where there's been this, this commission in, in Matthew 10 where he first sends out the 12. He says, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But it doesn't stop with words. He says, heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Not put some cream on their arm and hope that it's just a little bit better than it was the day before. Cleanse them. Raise the dead. Not sing a song and talk about how good Bill was, but raise him. And Bill, that's not I'm talking about you, but that was, that was a, uh, whatever you call it, a generic use of a, of a name. Cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. We are simply conduits. We are simply those that have received something that we could not produce, and we simply are called to give it. But I, I want to I just make this really clear. If we understand rightly the commission of the Lord to the church, it is to preach and teach who Jesus is and all that he's commanded us to do, all of that falls into that. Preach and teach. Speak of who Jesus is. That means open our mouth. And secondly, demonstrate who he is. This is the gospel. This is the call, the call of the church is to speak about who he is and then to show it. Not a, I mean, there's a lot of, the world is like Missouri. It's the show me state. You, there, there's, there's something about demonstrating the power. Paul said, I, when I was with you, I was with you in fear and trembling, but I was not with you with persuasive words of the wisdom of men in, in 1 Corinthians 2. But when I was with you, I was with you in a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. There was something that you can't deny, that when I said Jesus is real, and then you see Jesus is real, the very physical realm that we live in has been affected, has been altered has been changed by the power of the Holy Spirit living in me. God is calling us to this, and I'm telling you, uh, the, we, are, 
We are in this time. God is, is, is waking up the bride. The world is desperately in need of the church to walk in her true calling, her true identity, empowered by the Holy Spirit to function in her full authority and unlimited potency. Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And this is not a... Uh, I, it grieves me how much we've Americanized the gospel. And I, we've seen over the last few years what the Lord has been doing to purge a lot of that out. And, and there's nothing wrong. I love the country God has given us. He absolutely had his hand on the formation of this country. But let us not lose sight of the fact that his blood was not shed for uh, just a, a piece of land on the map. His blood was shed for, for you and me and for, for those that are lost. I came to seek and save those that are lost. I believe the Lord is, is, uh, is doing a work um, to bring us to the full gospel, to cause his church to walk in the fullness of the gospel. Thank you, Lord. Holy marandare masho. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we ask you to help us to be a people, God, empowered by your Holy Spirit to unashamedly speak, teach, and preach who you are, making disciples in your name, demonstrating the power of who you are. I don't know about you, but I, I find myself in this place of I'm excited. I also find myself often going, okay, what's going on right now? Do you, anybody doing that? You know what I'm saying? Just like there's a lot in the air. There's a lot of battle. There's a lot of war. That's why uh, Sunday night, 6 p.m. usually, except for tonight, right? Okay, <laughs> almost missed that announcement. But uh, we've got a man, there's, there's a place for that. And, and, of course, daily in the closet where Jesus sees, the Father sees what's done in secret, and he rewards it openly. But Jesus went about all Galilee, it says in Matthew 4, teaching in synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went out throughout all of Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those that were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. This is the God we serve. I, I, just, I just feel like I'm just simply laying out. This, this is what the full gospel looks like. Mark 1, 32, at evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and all those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. Can you see it? The day where the whole city gathers at the door because Jesus is in the room? And I'll tell you what, Jesus is in the room, but word's going out. Come on. And we're part of the, uh, the Spread the Word crew. And then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. Even if we don't believe, demons sure do. The devil sure does. He knows his time is limited. 
thank you, Lord. I pray that the Lord would do something in us so deep and so powerful where it's not about, hey, can, you, can we quote this and can we tweet this and is this cool and is this work in a 30-second video and is this something that fits within the box of 20 minutes of worship and 25 minutes of a message and five minutes of prayer, but that the world coming, looking for the real Savior finds the one who can set the captive free, finds the one that can save and heal and deliver to the uttermost. He's a high priest. He's not like a measly, I just barely made it. He's the high priest. He's the perfect one. He's the spotless lamb. He laid his life down. And because of his obedience, he became like us. He experienced all of our afflictions. He experienced all of our pains. He experienced all of our temptations. And so he's a worthy high priest because he's not like distant from our, what we experience. He knows it intimately. He took it on his own self and he bore it on the cross when his blood was shed. And that's why he can boldly say to us, if you want to follow me, it's not going to be just a happy little prayer and then all of your life is going to be better and you're just going to, you know, whatever. Like, the, God blesses our life. He's so good to cover us and bless us when we walk in covenant with him. But he did not shed his blood so that I could be a success. He shed his blood for relationship. To buy back that which has been stolen. He shed his blood to restore the image that he put within each and every one of us. That's why the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Because he cannot stand the image of God in you. I I was reading a statistic the other day, 40,000 people a year committing suicide. I know that maybe doesn't sound like a huge number, but like you think about what happened on 9-11. That was several thousand people in the whole world, I mean, heard about it, and I don't diminish one of their lives. But silently, 40,000 people a year, and the percentage of that among young people is way too high. And I'm here to say, like, the devil's gotten away with far too much for far too long. So it is time for the church to be activated. And I, I, I just feel like the, the burden to say this. Ephesians 4, we, we need to be shepherded. We need to be equipped. Like, Lone Ranger Christianity will not work for the days ahead. We've got to be a part of the body. We need the five-fold ministry. Like, it's a gift. It says God gave gifts to men. Like, it's not a, a position to be attained to. It's not like a high office. I'll tell you what. It means you scoop poop. Um, but that's what shepherds do and, you know, shave some sheep hair. Pull the wool over their eyes. But we need the fivefold ministry. But do you know what the fivefold ministry is, to, is, is here for? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. We are all called. You are called to heal in his name. You are called to be a funnel of the healing, miraculous power of God 
Each and every one of you. You are called to be a funnel of the delivering power of the Lord. To set the captives free. To just as this boy who could not be set free because there was a mixture of unbelief and religious thinking and man's ways and accusation and looking on things that are beneath and not things that are above. To be a funnel that when that father comes and says, I brought my son to Jesus. Do you know him? Say, ah, he's in me. Let me show you the God that, that I serve. We are called to be a funnel of his salvation, of his saving work. I tell you what, there's, there's, I'm tired of hearing of mental illness in America. Are you? And, uh, I, you know, I, I work for a wonderful company, and I've worked for other companies that, like, in the last three years, it's become the hot issue. It's, like, the number one thing. Like, let's just try and make sure that our employees don't lose their mind. And... Uh, some companies probably are part of the problem, but uh, I'm tired of hearing. And we're medicating and making an, uh, something that's bad slightly less bad, but leaving a person still bound, leaving a person still not healed. Some people, it's, it's scars from, from, from their childhood and things that have hurt them and that the Lord wants to deal and the anointing, the power of God is there to heal the broken heart. Yeah. There's some that need to be set free from a demonic spirit that's plagued their mind. And we're called to be his hands, his feet. Thank you, Lord. Would you, would you stand with me and... Um, Christy, would you come play? Jesus. Jesus said, freely give, or freely you've received, so freely what? Give. I can't give what I don't have. If you need water, now I can give you water. But if it's not, if I don't have it, I can't give it to you. That's pretty simple Christianity, wouldn't you say? you need healing, I need, I need Jesus to be in me and operating in me and flowing through me. If, if you're going to receive it, if I'm going to be able to be any part of the, 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 the equation of what, what God's doing. And uh, man, if, I'm, if you need to be free, I can't set you free if I'm in prison. It's really hard to break shackles on the outside of a prison door when I'm on the inside. But when the Lord has set us free, it says, if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. That does not mean you will memorize three scriptures. When you get to know the person who is truth, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. When you get to know him, healing flows. When you get to know him, deliverance flows. My heart breaks. I, I feel like there's some in here today that you've wrestled 
like on this like ongoing flywheel of battling like depression, heaviness, anxiety, and you have days that feel better than others, but you just know you're not really free. My heart breaks for you. I, I believe the Lord wants to set you free today. I, I am believing for the Lord to set the captive free this morning. I believe he's here right now. He's in this room and he wants to set the captive free. Would you just close your eyes, lift your hands.